American culture that didn't unfurl in Greenwich Village or represent the counterculture about the part that lies beyond, some would say beneath, the official story of art. To be sure, the basic outlines of his life have been visible at least since 1960, when, with the help of his writer son, Thomas Rockwell, he published his autobiography, My Adventures as an Illustrator. Through no fault of Tom's, who assembled the book from a series of anecdotes his father recorded on a dictaphone, the omissions are fairly enormous. Although Rockwell offers lengthy descriptions of his Navy buddies and his acquaintances at a New York boarding house, such as the pseudonymous middle-aged women who came to meals in their bathrobes and hairnets, and never failed to raise hell about specks of dirt on the silverware. He barely mentions his marriages, his politics, his psychiatrists, or his constant treks to Southern California. He forgets to mention when people close to him, including his wives, die. And, perhaps out of modesty, he doesn't see fit to discuss the meaning of his work. The great subject of his work was American life, not the frontier version, with its questing for freedom and romance, but a homelier version steeped in the the we-the-people, communitarian ideals of America's founding in the 18th century. The people in his paintings are related less by blood than by their participation in civic rituals, from voting on election day to sipping a soda at a drugstore counter. Doctors spend time with patients, whether or not they have health insurance. Students appreciate their teachers and remember their birthdays. Citizens at town hall meetings stand up and speak their mind without getting booed or shouted down by gun-toting rageaholics. This is America before the fall, or at least before searing divisions in our government and general population shattered any semblance of national solidarity. Which isn't to suggest that Rockwell was a man with an overtly political agenda, a Thomas Jefferson with a paintbrush, contriving to improve the character of our national life. His political sensibility was elusive and lay dormant for decades. He first registered to vote in 1926 with the Republican Party. It was the era of Calvin Coolidge, who is linked to only one famous comment, the business of America is business. In those days, the Republican Party stood for moderation. This heightens the poignancy of Rockwell's transformation, decades later, into a man who championed nuclear disarmament, voted for Lyndon Johnson for president, and produced the single most memorable painting to emerge from the civil rights movement. Who was Norman Rockwell? A lean, bluish man with a Dunhill pipe, his features arranged into a gentle mask of neighborliness. He went on television talk shows and came across as sane and personable, a cracker-barrel philosopher in a tweedy jacket and bow tie, chuckling heartily, the famous pipe jutting. But behind the mask lay anxiety and fear of his anxiety. On most days, 
he felt lonesome and loveless. His relationships with his parents, wives, and three sons were uneasy, sometimes to the point of estrangement. He eschewed organized activity. He declined to go to church. For decades, he had a lucrative gig providing an annual painting for the Boy Scouts calendar, but he didn't serve as a troop leader or have his own children join the Scouts. He was more than a bit obsessive. A finicky eater, whose preferred dessert was vanilla ice cream, he once made headlines by decrying the culinary fashion for parsley. He wore his shoes too small. Phobic about dirt and germs, he cleaned his studio several times a day. He washed his brushes and even the surfaces of his paintings with ivory soap. As he grew older, it occurred to him that he was spending...